Welcome, everybody, to episode number 35 of the Odyssey podcast. My name is Adam Phillips. I rarely say that. And I'm joined, <laughs> as always, by my excellent co-host, Connor Campbell. Connor, how are you doing? I'm freaked out. Why did you say that? Like, you never I just felt that. like I That's felt so like weird. spicing it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I should have given you the room to explore and grow. And instead, I was like, what are you doing, pal? Like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> completely unsurprising to be fair um, totally we, we, fair. we had talked about adding um intro music at one point and so that was kind of my like you know stepping stone to to intro music i'm still up for that um it's weird i i was approaching it from the point of view like what genre do you put in like what's without it sounding like pure escalator music in fucking Liffey Valley shopping center or something like that it without it sounding ridiculous what I would do? want it to be purposely shit like I'd want it to be so it's all up from good, here so bad it's good you know <laughs> that's that's a legit question I think if anyone has any feedback on that or if anyone does stuff like that sure let us know like that's a I forgot that was an interesting one like I would err towards I remember we were in TY and we did actually this like podcasting workshop with some guy who's like the biggest Celtics fan of the world. Um, and he started like a podcast and not like makes a living out of it. He brought us in and he was doing the intro stuff and he showed us this website where he get a ton of different audio files. And I was just like, yeah, metal, like get a real hardcore thing. And as soon as he played it, even at the time, I was like, yeah, that's that sounds terrible. Before before talking about anything, never mind a powerlifting podcast you know so that's a funny some kind of some kind of really bad jazz jazz you know was was the option that came to mind now yeah for sure but if it's really bad does that not make it good jazz you're the music person here that's a great existential question actually um (laughs) but one will find out when we put really bad jazz (laughs) the next episode that aren't in the intro guys that's what you need to be thinking about anyway uh how am i yeah i'm grand i'm good i'm just back from the gym having a good few days of training in the, in the context of this pain experience so i'm laughing I'm, I'm having a great time how about you i'm glad to hear that's that's great um yeah really good really good um had been experiencing kind of a uh, reduction in training outputs the last few weeks just with a couple of um some travel some life stressors all of all of that um and hadn't you know been trying my best just to stay the course but training was trending towards stuff that was quite challenging um both physically and 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 mentally so we kind of hit the reset a little bit this week just change it up so the training was was a little fresher maybe not so kind of mentally taxing and gone great two sessions in and it it was exactly what i needed um so far and you know it's funny because i'm reducing the amount of attention that I'm paying to outputs now, just because that's kind of what the training calls for. And naturally outputs are now starting starting to kind of balance out, normalize, and and we're starting to kind of go back up that upwards trend. Nice. It's that seems to be universal, doesn't it? It's it's funny how that kind of works. Yep. Reframing. That's that's all it is, right? Super. There's actually a ton of questions I could ask you about your training, especially because you're going on holidays next week. But I won't. I'll conserve my voice. You might notice that I sound a little bit shit. Um, I imagine this is fatigue from last weekend. There was a very big competition on in Masters Nationals in 
Abs Gym in Glasnevin. I know it's not technically Glasnevin anymore, but that's what it always was. So that's what's going to stay. But Masters Nats was on on Saturday, and Bench Nats was on on the Sunday, and all the the as you described it, prolonged supporting of shouting and being loud is probably caught up to me. Now that definitely just took place on Saturday because there was no shouting at all on Sunday on Bench Nationals. That was a funny atmosphere of a comp. But uh, Saturday was great. You you were up for that as well. 100%. And by the way, I don't think you sound bad at all. I think you sound like a, I don't know, like a country western singer been smoking, <laughs> smoking a pack a day for the last 40 years. Um, maybe, oh, so maybe now is the time to kind of debut some Luke Combs on the podcast. I don't know. Oh God, I'm I'm away from Luke. I'm too cool for Luke Combs now. Um, but yeah, no. Saturday was really really good, and by extension, Saturday night was was really really good. But the Masters just and I, I feel silly now saying it because I say it all the time. But the Masters just just blew me away. Like in in how they handled themselves. Like the atmosphere was so so chill. In absolutely, it was a national event, and there was some big lifts going down across the board so they they just blew me away so not only with their performance but with their decorum as well and how they handled themselves it was just such a fun competition to be at i mean we saw the highest 105 total in the country this year go down after obviously the 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 big battle the big 105 battle at nationals in yeah. uh in March? no february yeah anthony Anto McLegan totaling 820.5 with a three, I believe, 335.5 pull. And dude so, yeah. is just walking out there, big smile on his face, <laughs> looking around. He always like looks at each ref as well and like kind of smiles and nods at them. It's absolutely amazing. And yeah, he just beat the beat the three lads handily with a lot left in the tank. With um, a so. smile on his face. And I think it was his birthday. We all sang happy birthday. I'm not sure if it was actually his birthday. I think it was the kind of situation where, oh, it was, because I always sing happy birthday to Adam and I always get everyone else to sing happy birthday to Adam, especially when it's not his birthday. So I didn't know if that was the kind of situation that we were having. No, we weren't trying to traumatize him and, and play <laughs> on think his hatred could. of birthdays. <laughs> I don't think you could traumatize Anthony McLeggan if you, if you, if you tried. No. You know, that was amazing to see. There was... Just records smashed across the board. A very own Marae Collins. It was either it was either the three out of the four records or all four records in her weight and age class. She smashed and she had a brilliant day. I was spotting a loading for her flight and just the energy coming out to the platform, the positivity and Clarice absolutely is the same and it's it just makes lifting so fun. That energy from Marae, I was in the warm room with her, was sustained all day. All Amazing. day, man. It's <laughs> so cool. Such a such a pleasure to be in there and to, to witness her her doing her thing and you know, not just being strong for her age, being fucking strong. Strong, man. full stop, hundred you know, percent. Just straight up strong. No, it was really cool. Really, was really cool. There, was there any other kind of standout performances for yourself? Uh we handled Mark Dowling, mm. um, which was a pleasure. Mark is another dude who's who's uh, you know, a veteran. He's he's been around forever as long as I've been in in powerlifting. I've known of Mark, um, and so it was really really cool to get to handle him because I remember when I first became of became aware of Mark. It was when he was being coached by Mike T mm. in like twenty. It was either like twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. I'd see him in the back of Mike T's like extremely boring talking <laughs> videos that he did at the time for yeah. commentaries. 
<laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I know, I know of that guy. I know that gym, yeah. So it was really cool to to be able to handle him um, these few years later. Um, and yeah, he had a good day. I think he, he hit a total PR in the 83 kilo class and took a load of his own records, uh, chipped them all. So yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun as well. And just witnessing him go from like the nicest, most zen human ever to absolute maniac for his last deadlift <laughs> was was fantastic and you know what i'd be lying if i said as someone who who generally doesn't really um elicit much much external hype around my own lifting i'd be lying if i said i wasn't inspired to to try a little bit of that myself and i was deadlifting yesterday things weren't going great and um kind of thought back to mark on comp day channeled some of that energy myself and managed to put together a real nice top set Amazing. So, yeah, it was cool. th- on that the whole day he's sitting in the chair cool as a cucumber like the easiest person to handle you tell him when to go and he's he's there but he is i think a really good example of you use it when you need it right he wasn't at that all day he wasn't screaming the head off all day squats and bench he was very very composed but deadlifts you see him starting to ramp up and use it when he needs it so i think there's a lot to be said for that 100 um no jo- and joanne or again our, our own joanne coogan um <laughs> she she did masters nats and bench bench nats in the two back different to back classes, i should say to take <laughs> the records true. in both uh she had an excellent day um another competition pr for her um yeah no excellent it was an excellent meet all around now i wasn't there on the sunday for for bench nats but we had a successful day out there as well mm, very very busy day out there we we had adopted as i like to call it adopted a couple of lifters from a couple of friends uh, and they, everyone just just uh, can't even speak everyone had such a good time it, it, the, the atmosphere was similar in that it was super super chill but because it, it, it's just bench and it was it was very interesting to get people warming up for just one flight and then just to be done. So that was that was kind of cool. That was interesting. Nice kind of low energy, low energy day. But everyone had a great time. We got a gold in the 105 with Adam Lachnan. We had a gold in the 93s with Shay Balligan. I hope I didn't butcher your name, Shay. Um, God, what else? Gold in 74. Gold in 74. It's not... Oh, it's 74 is the lads, yeah. Ashling did class. I think she podiumed him as well. Joanne did class podiumed I, I my brain is a bit fried excuse me um everyone had a great time that's 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 i think that's a positive thing to come out of bench nationals and say because it was kind of there was a bit of not criticism but there was a bit of like ah sure it's just fucking bench nationals like what what is it but it was fun it was fun and it was chilled it was nice it was clean it was tidy it was quick the late start was very much needed after saturday night thank god um and it finished up nice and early, so we were we were laughing. We were having a great time. Love it, yeah, love it, yeah. No, it looked great on um, social media. I was almost almost <laughs> sad to have to have not been there. Uh, I, I I will I will hold my hands up and say that I was one of those those bench haters. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I I I was obviously I was there for the the Saturday and elected to to try and get a few things done and get home a little earlier on the Sunday. But um, no, I'll definitely be at next year's bench nationals. If, Is it uh, gonna be? If, uh... I believe so. Maybe I just maybe I did a leak. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but, okay. Uh, potentially, I think so. All right, that's fair enough. That'd be cool. 
we have so in a Q&A that we did last week there was a couple of questions that were coming through as we were in the podcast and we, we gotten a lot of oh sorry yeah crack on also I do have to say one last big shout out and, and I, f- I feel bad now because as I as I like I'm thinking I'm remembering loads of other performances that I would also shout out yeah go but on. if I had to pick one amongst all the great people that, that competed if I had to pick one seeing Dave Worrell go out and essentially pull uh 270.5 which is what which is the weight that i believe he um tore his bicep when he last attempted uh and and pull it now unfortunately i think it was two to one so he did not get the lift um because of lockout i believe um but the dude stood up with the weight that tore his bicep off his bone (laughs) not that long ago so that was awesome to witness that was really cool He's incredibly strong. I forget I forget this all the time, and I forget it with a lot of the masters how strong they are. Maybe this was in poor taste, but we were we were hanging out with them on the on the Saturday, and we were kind of joking around. I and I refer I was kind of like, oh, who's up next? Well, it's Dave Bicep Warrell, and I think it was like Adam Lachnan just kind of looked at me, <laughs> gave me a funny look. But look, I I think he was quite happy with this day, and and certainly was a very impressive lifter, and he conducted himself fantastically which which i would always put up there yep. and seems that we're talking about this again because you didn't even ask me i have a bunch of people that i want to shout out lorna anyway from chaos had an amazing day and her energy is just so oh it, it's why can't i think of the word and some when you like give the energy Anxious. to somebody else yes 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 that's that's the word i meant to say but yeah no she she was fantastic had a great day uh came silver Got came second, got silver medal in her weight class. Uh, second to Margaret Carey, who also trains with Chaos, who also had an amazing day. Um, just such a bunch of really, really strong female lifters in the Masters, and it's it's fantastic. I can't wait to see the next iteration of international competition with them all. And they're great. They're great crack. They're just lovely L people. So it's it's fantastic. One hundred percent. Certainly, certainly. What are we talking about? What are we here to actually? do a discussion so i opened uh, up a, apparently a bit of a can of worms now some of the responses i i ended up getting weren't relevant but last week we did a q a right before the podcast and there was questions coming in as we were doing the podcast we talked about a ton of stuff so i was like let's put put that in the locker and use that next time so one of the questions that came about that i thought was interesting was how do you go about choosing a coach and I thought that's a that's a good question. So I put up a story today about it, and we got a nice few responses that we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about our own experience and our own kind of insights. I got a couple of horror stories, and people were saying, "Oh, I wish I didn't do X Y Z, or I wish I did X Y Z." So I put up a separate story asking about have you any funny stories or any horror stories, and I got quite quite a response. Maybe I kind of regret asking that question, but. A lot of them led to really, really interesting talking points. And as much as we can say, here are things to look out for in a coach, or here's things to to look for, there's potential in this conversation to bring up some red flags in coaching. Now, I I think it's obvious that we should preface that, just who are we to to be talking about this kind of stuff? I think it's more we're speaking as, I'm going to label us as as athletes for this one, because we both get coached. Do you know when, when we know at this stage through trial and error and through conversation what we like to see and what we don't like to see I think that's kind of fair 
I just want to preface that we're not coming at this from a we're the fucking best coaches out there and this is what every coach should be doing. I think that's just important to to get out there straight away. Right. So who who was your first coach in Bardwing? Actually, can't, you you definitely did tell me, but I I don't know who was your first coach. My first coach in powerlifting was actually Ray Minahan. Mm. Um, now he would contest that because he would would have refused to accept the title of coach at the time. Okay, because uh, he didn't feel worthy, uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> That's an interesting um, one because he did all of the things a coach would do. Um, I suppose the first person who who actively coached me was Jackie Doherty, um, who lives in Donegal now. Um, not active in, in powerlifting anymore, but competed a few times. And, and I'm sure there's a few people listening who who know of Jackie. Lovely, lovely guy. Mm. And who's your first coach? Uh, that would have been you, actually, I suppose. Yeah, really? I think it's, it's fair to say. <laughs> I didn't know if you were being smart and asking me that. Like, oh, I heard your first coach was an amazing guy. You want to tell me who that is? Like, oh, well, Adam, <laughs> that's actually you. Uh, no, I think it was you. There was a couple of people... And I've referred to these people in the past in podcasts about the people who kind of got me into training that I, I approached them for coaching. And one specific guy was like, nah, bro, you don't need coaching. And I was like, oh, oh. but OK. Uh, <laughs> and so I just I just went about doing my own thing. And I, I think I started like five, three, one or then or, or Johnny Candido's program. And then I did my first competition actually having been to abs. Because that's where Lorcan, one of the fellas, used to train. And I, I used their peak going into the, the thing, going into my first competition. So maybe you could say Jay was my first coach. That's, nice. That's that pretty good. Pretty good one to start off with. And then some clown in a pair of jeans came up to me in the warm-up room seven years ago. I'd say nearly seven years ago this month or so. And here it was like, yeah, don't, don't do that. Maybe do this instead. And that was you. It was me. So, and I might just say for anyone who doesn't know, you were going to talc yourself. Yes, and I ha- was. I, I had talked to you a few times that day and I witnessed you. Oh, actually, no. The first thing was I witnessed you take a fresh Ohio power bar out of the warm up rack and put like the shitty gym bar in the warm up rack. And, and I, I went up and kind of queried it. And you were just like, yeah, no, I just prefer this bar. I was like, oh, OK. So when I saw you running out with the bottle of talc in hand, I was dead certain, dead certain that you were going to apply it to yourself with your hands. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I felt inclined to go and save you from that fate. You were dead right. And a lot of the responses I got from today were, were talking about unsolicited advice and all this kind of stuff. But maybe sometimes it's appropriate because that was just a straight up bad thing to do. I didn't even know what talk was. I think I just saw everyone else doing it. So I was like, oh, I must I must do a bit of that now myself. So yeah, the reason I asked you, and when you're saying how should somebody choose a coach, we talked about a couple of things before we came on. One was price and one was like personality and one was philosophy. But I think ultimately for most people, it's going to come down to location, really. Like you said, Ray was your first quote unquote coach. Then it was Jackie. And these were two guys that were, based in the gym that you were training in, in RPM, isn't that right? Yep. I think that's a pretty reasonable first step, now, to be honest. If you're like literally just new to the gym, which I'd say you were, I'm just going to 
say that yep. now it's it may be that you were just new to the gym and these guys work there or it's that you just so happen to be interested in powerlifting and so did they is that more it's kind of both actually yeah. yeah both that i it was like my de facto i was new to the gym and then also have been training a couple of years and jackie kind of specialized in power or at the time specialized in powerlifting so nice. i kind of started working with him then yeah so you kind of looked out to be honest actually that's pretty cool if if there is a powerlifting coach in your area, I think there is a lot to be said. As much as we advocate for online coaching, I think there's an awful lot to be said if you're if you're quite new to meet with somebody in person and to train with them in person. Do you know online coaching isn't for everybody, and it can be nice to have access to your coach quite often. I don't want to say all the time because even if you're if you're paying for, let's say weekly check ins or monthly check ins, whatever. If you're seeing them every day, it may not be super appropriate or fair to talk to them every day and query them every day. But having that access is certainly nice, if even just for for emergencies or small queries, you know. So like location, I feel is a silly one to start off with, but it's it's certainly up there and it's certainly important. I agree with you. Yeah. And I had said when again, before we hit record, I had said that I think cost is probably up there as well now i do think that location definitely trumps cost now that you mention it but i think cost is is definitely going to be that that second kind of very very obvious consideration that i Mm. feel like people people would often leave out of their of their like how to choose a coach you know um process it is it it is the obvious one right Uh, it's one that 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 should definitely be thought about and um and talked about nobody know. mentioned it in my in my thing earlier on i i i, I got it as 50 responses or so in one platform or another, or another mm-hmm. and nobody mentioned cost like the only time cost was mentioned was that people let's say were paying in their words an arseload of money and weren't hearing back i'd even heard from people who were were paying a lot of money or whatever, but it's that they didn't feel heard or they didn't feel listened to or they were just being given this blanket approach, and that was the real deal breaker as opposed to paying too much. Do you know what? Yep. But but that can happen. You know, yep. like coaching and and personal training by extension is is a luxury service, and if your service is in high demand, you only have a limited amount of time, and and I think it'd be foolish to keep your prices low just just for the sake of it like it's you kind of make hay while while the sun shines kind of way because it like in the event of a downturn it's it's kind of the quickest thing to go so you fucking make money while you can because it's it's tough out there to be fair cost is an obvious thing yeah i i think that in that instance the issue again wasn't necessarily the cost there you know the 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 person who could afford that that kind of more premium expensive coaching was paying for the more premium expensive coaching was that the the kind of expectations you know didn't meet reality and and maybe that's on the the coach maybe that's on the athlete who knows it's very important to set those expectations right at the outset right at the start um but i think you know there's there's such a wide um wide kind of uh, variety of 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 uh, price tags of 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 costs on coaching you know you've you've i know of people who charge 500 a month for their coaching service and i know mm. of people who charge 50 or less a month for their coaching service you know uh, of course 
if you're signing up for a 50 euro coaching service you expect a 50 euro coaching service not a 500 euro coaching service so it was just interesting to see in your uh, in the feedback that you received these kinds of, of very unanimous things said about about you know dissatisfaction with the service they got with actually no mention of of the price tag like i i would know based on based on some of the information given in the feedback that some of these people were paying like 40 euro or less yeah. <laughs> but by the sounds of it expecting you know a real a really really high like our, our our lowest price services are is our consultation and that's 70 and with that you receive feedback once every four to six weeks from from a coach you know <laughs> like that's not a lot <laughs> yeah it it is very interesting and it's it goes both ways, right? I, I I had people on to me today about the the role of a consultation call in terms of setting out expectations, laying out the service, and letting the client know what to expect. Do you know? And I think we can take the concept of oh, how well, well, how strong am I going to get? Well, how much muscle am I going to build? In terms of expectations, that's not there because there's a degree of that. A lot of it is outside of your control you know so let's let's put that aside but let's say in terms of the expectations the amount of contact that you're going to get or the detail in that contact like if you're having a phone call every day if you're getting an essay every day if it's once a week if it's once a month whatever a lot of the criticisms that were highlighted in particularly the anonymous section of my q a was that people were coaching or get people were training let's say for 11 to 12 weeks without hearing back you know so it's there certainly is potential for that was the service that you were paying for you know there that could be it or this goes both ways now coaching is not a one-way street it's not a prescription as such now it can be but for the for the most part it's it's based on your feedback you know so it's this may lead very nicely into the second part which was the kind of the most noted or most it was noted to be the most important factor in choosing a coach is the relationship and that's a two-way street. Do you know, it's, there was, I had separate people contact me and say, here, look, if this person is training for 11 weeks and hasn't heard from the coach, is this person fulfilling their end of the bargain? Is they, are they reaching out? Are they doing these things? Because that can that can depend on the dynamic. And it's, I would certainly encourage all of my lifters, now they, they have no issue with it, but sending me messages and keeping me posted and keeping me in touch. Do you know? So it, it's a tricky one, but... It's funny we should say that the likes of location and cost weren't mentioned at all and the relationship was by far the biggest response. And and to a degree, I, I totally get that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely right. But in something that I noted to you beforehand, before we clicked record, was the relationship is more in why you should stick to a coach or why, why you should continue working with a coach. Because before the Athlone Open I didn't know who you were mm-hmm. now you, you did great on the day to establish a relationship and help me out and do me a solid but for the most part I feel like people's interactions with a prospective coach aren't like that I think that was a real outlier in coach and prospective client relationships so so why would a person sign up with a coach normally because we, we had a very strange interaction in that sense you know because ours was online and you helped me out and you established a great relationship and you obviously knew what you were doing 
and I obviously didn't. So why why wouldn't I? I guess I guess we're in a different world now, right? Where you can kind of window shop coaches. Totally. Yeah. You know, if you have anything to do with the Irish VF, you're you're gonna know, you know, twenty coaches. You could probably name twenty coaches pretty easily, and you're gonna probably have a pretty good understanding of their knowledge, their level of experience, and then their kind of image. You know, mm-hmm. the 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 person they portray themselves as, their their look, all of that stuff. You know. Uh, and you're going to be able to kind of preempt, I suppose, the relationship in your head that that you're going to have. You know, it's like you're you're kind of choosing who you think would be most compatible with from uh, from a relationship point of view. I think that's kind of what everyone means when they when they say relationship. Totally, you know? totally, yeah. No, and it's there's certainly a certain kind of person that hit back and said that it's it's people who are experienced in the sport. It's people who I would probably label label as having a, a good degree of self awareness. I'd say most other people or or most people, well, I'm going to choose the best coach. Or I'm going to choose the coach that again suits my price point and is proven to be got to be getting results. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to go about it. You know, you you're here for results. Like I'm, I'm not paying you to be my fucking best mate, am I? I'm paying you to train me and to to give me the, the the results that I want. Adam is looking at me like, what do you mean? <laughs> I've yet to be paid. Um, <laughs> you got I, I will say I, that's true. I I will say I mentioned experience, knowledge, and image, and and I just want to say at the outset that the one or the kind of degree to which thing matters is completely up to you there's no totally. right answer there you know what i mean you you can want someone you you can want a coach based on their their achievements as, as an athlete and that's perfectly okay you know if that's if that's what you've genuinely value in a coach and if you understand that maybe maybe as a result of that they're going to be lacking and maybe some of the the knowledge you know maybe some of the experience as a coach but but still even knowing that their their athletic achievements are are most important to you, then that's perfectly fine. That's actually that's actually you know a, a good relationship to enter into. Like you know that that coach is is offering a service that suits you. That those are the things that matter to you. So you're and and th- that is what that coach is providing. You know, um. So that's perfectly okay. And we're I suppose what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is that there's no right answer here you know everything everything will come down to you and we're just kind of providing our own insights on all of it totally i i know what you're saying and I, and from the the point that you're saying it like you go in and you know the score effectively you say i know i'm choosing you because you squat 500 kilos i know you're only new to coaching and you may be missing out on xyz that's cool i don't think people who choose good athletes as coaches think that way i think it's very surface level as you do thing well, so you you know thing. You you know how to do this. Like that's it's as simple as that, and that grinds my gears so much because a lot of people steer into it, um, understandably. Like if I was a fucking a one athlete, then of course, like of course that's it's it's one of the easiest probably ways to to make money. Then if you take advantage of an audience you have over doing a specific thing, you teach people how to do the specific thing. That makes sense. But it, I think it's nearly silly to say, or I would think it's silly to say. That being a good athlete or being a good practitioner does not in any way, shape or form qualify somebody to teach people how to do it or does not make 
somebody good at, at, at teaching it, I should say. Now, these these are not immutable characteristics. You know, you can learn shit and you can you can pick up skills, you can pick up knowledge. And this is something that we alluded to earlier on on some of my stories. A good coach, for the most part, actually doesn't depend on the knowledge that you have because you can gain that. It kind of depends on these immutable characteristics that I would say. Is like if you're compassionate or if you can have empathy, you're, you're looking like you're disagreeing with me. But I would nope. say that is th- the good coach because you can pick up the knowledge. Like, it's not that complicated. You don't need to be that smart to pick up the stuff that you need. And then at ask that you point, this. yeah. Let me, I'll just ask you this quickly before we, we go any further because I think this is important. I think we probably should have done this a few minutes ago. Well, in, 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 in the simplest possible terms, what would, you, what would you define as being a good coach? What is a good coach? I'll give you a couple of words attentive compassionate and knowledgeable mm-hmm. they, now they can be a little bit vague but but certainly knowledgeable I think you need to know your shit right you don't need to know absolutely everything you don't need to have master's degrees coming out your arse you don't need to like you need to know your game and I think you need to know the framework through which you can make decisions and I think you need to care about your people, right? So that's your compassion. I think you need to be attentive to your people on the day, to their needs. And they may want you to leave them alone on the day. They might want you to be hanging on to them. Like that's, that's you need to play to what that person needs. That, that's what I think. Maybe that's too vague. No, I actually fully agree with you on all of those things. And I think there's, there's what you and I would think of as a good coach. You know, there's, you know, me and you could like, say a name to each other and be like ah oh, yeah great coach yeah. based on based on our own observation because for the most part we we don't have any personal experience um with them in a kind of coach athlete setting but i think it's it was kind of a trick question a bit of a uh um it's a difficult question anyway in that uh, you know a, a good coach is going to change person to person you know um i think you can you can be a well maybe you can be a good coach but maybe ineffective for for certain individuals maybe maybe the two things aren't completely uh exclusive but what i was going to say is that a good coach is simply the one that gets the individual to continue doing the thing for a very very long period of time and has whatever characteristics and traits they need to to elicit that if we're talking about powerlifting you know because because this is just a battle this is a a a a kind of a a task and endeavor in getting people to continue doing the thing for a very long period of time, you know, 10 to 20 years. So if, if, if someone can su- successfully do that and have the athlete achieve what they wanted to achieve, well, then they're a good coach, right? Totally. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree. And I know somebody's success in, if they're just arbitrary markers in strength game, somebody's success in that, is tied into somebody's adherence over a long period of time. So it, yep. it, it is tied into it. So like you, you said, the coach who can get the person to do the thing for the longest period of time, the, the success and getting stronger, literally getting stronger, getting higher dots, getting higher total, whatever metric you want to put on it, the actual progress is tied into that, which is okay. Because I, when you said that, I was like, well, you need to get stronger, like for fuck's sake. It's not just 
I'm not like guilt tripping you into not leaving my coaching service or anything like that. The, yeah. Your your progress is is tied into that. So no, I I I totally agree, and I think that is achieved through what I said. Yeah. And you can get away with not having a ton of knowledge either. To be honest, that's the least important one, as much as it pains me to say. But I know I know very very intelligent coaches, and I know their clients who have considered leaving their coaching service because of a lack of warmth and because of a lack of connection and at this lack of understanding it's it, it's not knowing everything isn't everything and i feel like this is important to what we're seeing here now i i've been meaning to make this video for a long long time and i was trying to come up with this dumb catch line for it because it is dumb i can ask you a question and it's dumb i know it's dumb if you had two coaches in front of you, you had to pick one. One is one is strong and stupid. The other is smart and skinny. One has done all that you want to do. Has all the records, is jacked as fuck, is relying on anecdote and personal experience, is a bit of a fucking moron. The other person knows absolutely everything, every study, every theoretical way to do it, academics, degrees out as whole but literally never been into a gym has never competed Oof, that's a tough question it I'd really is go for the, the you don't need guy. to answer but but yeah it's like on the surface level like if you ask me like i bias towards somebody who's smart somebody who has the answers right but what is what do you want in a coach if you if you want to know how to choose a coach what are you looking for what do you want a coach isn't just a person who can provide and answers in a program because you'll get that on the internet man it's you chat gpt a fucking powerlifting program in two seconds yep. a coach also well they are an educator but they're a motivator and they are a friend and they're someone you can lean on and somebody you can trust and rely on and if somebody doesn't have that lived experience that's really kind of tough to do because you're like man like how how can i trust you like there's something about seeing this real tangible thing like you are benching like 200 kilos here like that's that's what I want to do. Like it's, if that's all they have, that the belief that you have there will do something. Like we talked on this last time about why I left Evolve AI. It was like I didn't have the belief there. I didn't trust it. Do you know? And it's tough to trust somebody who's never set foot in a gym, even if they tell you, "Oh, my effect size and my study and my PhD thesis is X Y Z." It's it's a very interesting question, and if you ask yourself this, if you're if you clicked onto this episode for some reason to say, oh well, I want to choose a new coach, ask yourself that question, see what you tend towards, and ask yourself why. Like, what are your priorities here? You know. Yep. What do you want? What do you need? Because those are often different, and often oftentimes, yeah. most most times, people can actually are, are aware enough to identify the difference between those two things. What is important to you? with regards to kind of everything you just touched on there. Uh, what is your knowledge? What's your level of experience? Because I, I think a big thing is is you, you have to respect your coach as well. You know, you can't you can't go into enter into a coaching relationship thinking you're you're more knowledgeable than mm. your coach. Um I, I don't I can't imagine that being a very fruitful uh, coach athlete relationship i can imagine someone coming to me with like let's say a chip on their shoulder or, or, or thinking or interacting with me as if as if they were 
you know, superior in some sense. It, it would definitely not make for a very enticing coach-athlete relationship. So I think, you know, that person might be better off going for someone they think is more on their level, right? Totally. Um, again, that, what is... Go ahead, sorry. I was like, that can come from a lifting point of view as well. Like, that can come yeah, as like, what is there? more than you, bro. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, why should I sign up to you? I know, and I've spoken to many people who have come to either friends of mine or us, but like, why should I sign up to you? And like, the only answer I think you can have is like, that's not how this works, man. Like, this is a, we're on the same level here, okay? So if you want me to grovel and like ask and like beg for your service, you can look elsewhere. I've I've had that happen for sure, where someone's asked me to essentially pitch myself to them, and my answer was like, I just linked our our you know service list on our website. It was like, this is what we do. If you want to talk to me, like, you know, one-to-one, like, that's 100% let's talk, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you, like, a, a an elevator pitch. That's, that's not the service that, that we provide. And I'm sure you'll find that if that's what you want, I'm sure you'll find that service out there. That's the beauty of, of how kind of, um, I was going to say saturated, but how kind of expansive the, the kind of online coaching um, industry is now, you know? Totally. It's, it's funny uh, like as we were saying that I feel like there's your your typical power dynamic anyway in a coach athlete relationship is that the person has this trust or the, the, the client sees the coach as an authority figure and if you don't respect that authority figure I'd say it, the magic of that relationship is nearly gone a little bit yeah you know for sure and it's another thing to touch on there is just what is again you the client you the athlete what's your level of athletic experience you kind of mentioned it there in terms of like you know what if they are infinitely stronger than you um or or what if you are infinitely stronger than your coach maybe that'll affect things but also let's say you're you're the best in the world and you've been competing at a really high level and your coach or your prospective coach has never attended a international meet or isn't necessarily a very experienced game day coach you know that 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 probably isn't going to to line up or work and that's something actually I don't have this written down and we haven't discussed this, but there's a big difference between coach, like being a online powerlifting coach and then being a game day powerlifting coach. Those things are totally very, very different beasts. It's very tricky. And and this, the the experience I highlighted there about uh, this person who had a very, very smart coach with a very good track record of getting results in a certain domain, but being on the day, and like let's say I go bananas on a comp day or I just look to you for guidance or I look to you for that support and to to get nothing is really like <laughs> it's it zaps the energy from you like and and you could even be awkward about it and you could just be like uh sorry I, I won't crack you in the head but I'm gonna de- delegate this out to Ken over here and um, that's that's good I think that's very self-aware and I rate that very highly if a coach is like here I want your needs met I can't do it I'm going to delegate but for it to just receive nothing is is very deflating if nothing else and maybe that's a small part of game day coaching and maybe I'm being silly monkey brain about it what what do you think about game day coaching because I, I would rate you very highly as a game day coach especially in terms of the calls that are being made I think being attentive not only to your lifter but what everyone else is doing from that point of view I think is important because there was like we, we had said Shay on the weekend got a gold medal in bench he, after his he gave me the plan he was like 155, 162 
PRS-167. That'd be cool. And I was like, cool, all right, yeah, that's the plan, let's do it. And it was Adam Lochnan who looked at Keen Madden's second of 170 and was like, hmm, that was a bit shaky. Shea could potentially steal this because he had him on body weight. That's attentiveness and that's being a good game day coach. I didn't see that. I wasn't looking out for that. So I, I, I props to Adam then for that because we eventually did take advantage of that and bump Shea's third up to 170 and we stole the gold. So there's there's being attentive to your lifter and there's being attentive to the game that's going out there. So, that, But I will again pose the question to you. What is a good game day coach? Yeah, attentive is a good kind of catch-all word. Um, (laughs) But balancing, balance, balancing the things, spinning all the plates. You know, Mm. Um, (laughs) that's that's really what makes a good game day coach is is being able to spin all the plates and wear different masks when you need to. Um, You know, it, it can be particularly challenging when you have multiple different personalities going at once, and you need to kind of pander to each one of them let's say you're by yourself and you don't really have the the option of delegating you need to kind of bring some calmness for one person bring some hype and some energy for another person it could be very difficult and very challenging um what makes a good part you know a good game day coach i guess the person that's trying to do it at the very least you know i don't hold i don't hold against anyone their kind of inability to to go super saiyan um (laughs) you know as long as they're trying to kind of meet the athlete uh i often say and maybe this is stupid because no one's ever kind of reacted well to it. But I often say that game day coaching is kind of like giving a bench lift off. You kind of meet the you meet the other person, you know, you kind of meet the the amount of you, you kind of fill the gap there. You know, it's like when you're when you're giving a bench lift off, the trick is not to exact your will on the person. The yes. trick is to kind of just take as much as they're leaving. You know, and it's kind of the same for game day coaching. <clears throat> That's great. I love that. That's a great metaphor. Um, I think it's very appropriate. You meet them where they're at, or you give them what they need. Yep. You know. Yep. So that's that's very good. I'm I'm a, for somebody who hates metaphors or just hates mine. That's a very good metaphor. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. Um, I yeah. Then making calls. Making calls is the big one. But there there's like, you know, there's a lot to that, and and a lot of that is kind of, you can't teach it. You know what I mean? You can't learn it. Sometimes it's really hard. You sometimes some people just can't make great calls and so so coming in with a game plan is actually the best way to do it you come in with a game plan you exact that game plan and you take whatever result you got and you learn you kind of alter and change that game plan as you go um you know sometimes going in with kind of without a game plan which is actually kind of my preference i like to go in with like you know, if it's an important kind of battle where I kind of have a general idea of the competition and obviously I, I know my lifter very, very well, I'll kind of have forecasted a few different potential situations and outcomes. So I'll be almost ready to to um, take advantage if a, if a situation shows up. Um, but, you know, I, I'll prefer to I prefer to go in without a kind of a hard game plan. Uh, like I'll give an example, 105s. Um, you couldn't game game plan for that really, but 105s really the only part of Ken winning that we had like a plan for was we needed the chip on squats, so we had to get that chip, and if we didn't get the chip, we were screwed because we were looking at two lifters that 
one lifter that definitely was going to out deadlift us and the other lifter that probably could have out deadlifted us melvin you know um and so that was it really and then beyond that i i knew that if the opportunity arose for us to um bump our opener up to give us position and running order uh after openers then i would and that showed up as well but other than that that was it and then we just played played the game on the day while spinning the plates and wearing the masks and all that kind of good stuff, you know <laughs> i love how at the start of that you were like no I, I don't come up with the plan proceeds to list out like five or six very complicated things that you just need to get right but i, I agree with what you're saying is like it's not like you can study for this test it's you know it or you don't to a degree yep. and and you can know it and it just may not work out in your favor but it's every time i hear that story of like needing the chip on the squats and effectively the day having being won without you knowing it the day having we being won after third squats is just incredible and it's it's just yeah that's fantastic and and it when it looks like such a stupid monkey sport on the outside it's just lifting heavy circles when you know about these things or the games that can be played especially when the hype and the ferocity that accumulated in the weeks prior to that meet, it's mad. It's it's like it's it's like this I saw a meme earlier on about like four D chess with time travel. Like it's you it's there's so many pieces moving around. But you know, you remember in the lead up to that competition, what was I going on and on about behind closed doors? Because there was a lot of talk, there was a lot of things going on, but no one was talking about what you just said there won the competition and it was the yeah. thing that in our private conversations i was banging on and on and on mm. about was that we had the squat chip you the, know the bit of misdirection <laughs> goes on yeah and yep, it should sure. not be underestimated right because the the thing i remember most from it and i actually forgot what you were going to say just there the thing i remember most from that weekend is a certain lovely coach from limerick saying that somebody's a bottler and they they mess up their second pull and the pulls was where it was at and the deadlifts is where the meet starts and that's where the game is won and great if everyone's focus on is on deadlifts and everyone knows they have a big deadlifter and somebody has a big bench great i you think that because we have the game won before we ever got there and i'm being very generous when i say, say a we yeah. because that was that was adam and that was adam and ken like it was because again the lifter has to execute you can have the best game say, plan of the world given ken having the ridiculous ability to die on his second attempt go up two and a half and then hit it. this is it yeah now i'll remember that i'd say to the day i die and it looks i'm angry at how undramatic it looks in the video from where i was standing he collapsed it was like he got shot in the back into jimmy's arms and jimmy with a big lump on his head and he grabbed just, me on his way down and took a chunk out of my back geez. as well. <laughs> but it's it's I I think that misdirection is a very very good way. Now it's it's obviously it's nearly one that probably will never happen, but it's absolutely biblical when it does. Is is to put everyone's emphasis on a big pull, and you could probably do this as a lifter if you're coming up to a big competition and you have some some close competitions as you hyping up oh yeah that deadlift is coming to clutch that deadlift is is budging it's doing great it's doing well and secretly you've put 20 kilos in your squat and 10 kilos in your bench you're like we don't need the pull like that's there's a lot to be said for that and there was people do it with referees on the day 
when you're like, yeah, lift is good, lift is good. Or if I shout out to you, say, lock your elbows. Lock your elbows, lock your elbows. Oh, yeah, good, great. And the refs don't notice your ass has come up off the bench or heel because they're they're focusing on your elbows or something like that. That happens at it and it works. And you talked last week about the audience influencing the the refs and juries. Yep. yep. There's, there's a lot of cards that can be played on the day. But sometimes if the lifter is just better, you don't need to or you can't. Yep. For sure. To pull this all back around, in terms of like how do you factor this into choosing a powerlifting coach you know how do you choose a, a great game day powerlifting coach it's really hard to to give an answer to that i guess you know in in kind of to almost contradict one of your earlier points which was like you know or maybe you hadn't made the point yet but i know we talked on it off air that like a coach simply having you know 50 of the best athletes ever does not necessarily make them the best coach. They are just a coach that has the best athletes. But I think game day coaching is one thing where that's really all you have to go on. If, if you can see that the coach has a track re- record of game day success, then totally likelihood is they're a good game day coach. And, and that's, that's a, a very valid way of selecting them. Absolutely. No, the word that was going to come to mind was experience to me, you yeah. know, and, and if you have a track record gunning for medals, I don't think you even need to, well, of course, you need to have a a record of winning them is great. But if, if you're in that game, you're learning. You know, as you said, it's not something you can teach. But like, let's say with Sunita at Western Euros last year, we were playing that game. We were, we were working against the Belgians and we had put it down to right. We were winning unless she makes this last pull. And that was just a scenario where, yeah, we that was a great learning experience. We were able to vie for medals and we were putting ourselves in the best position possible. But this lady just loaded what she needed to load and she did it. So while we don't have that that record of winning, that was a great experience. And it was also amazing to see this lady just putting on what she needed and just defying everyone's expectations and just pulling it off the ground anyway it was it was really incredible but but that experience absolutely i i, I get what you're saying is is great and i suppose when we bring it back to the strong and stupid or smart and skinny the stupid guy has experience there yep you know yep. Yep. there's 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 something about lived experience that that is relevant you know just to clarify for anyone listening that is connor was not referencing us be nearly beating Belgian Sunita that was our Sunita nearly beating one of the Belgian lifters yes yeah yeah I was just saying because that image was probably crazy yeah (laughs) sorry or no I was I was thinking there of our Sunita going against their Sunita Jesus Christ (laughs) that's a that's a very funny thing I'd like to I there's a couple of consistent points that to be coming up here on these Q&As one very interesting point unless you have anything to note on the thing we just finished uh, Billy Hearn talking about nutrition coaching says in terms of you've worked with several different nutrition coaches to learn from them and for powerlifting coaches their their track record is what he looks at but I think that raises a very interesting conversation and you alluded to it earlier on is like why are you looking for this coach and if you want to learn there was a, as a coach or as a lifter, there was a lot to be said about shopping around or spending time with different coaches in different camps, you know, and, and you said in the past that you moved to data-driven strength to kind of get it a different 
idea of what it is like to coach or, or get this broaden your coaching horizons and I've done the same with um, Evolve which maybe is a little bit silly because I was a program rather than a coach but that, that's a I think that's a great plan for prospective coaches or PTs or whatever your game is to meet and chat with and work with different people is a great idea and that, that's a great way to look at it and, and I thank Billy for the for the response yeah no i totally agree it's something it's um it's something i've consistently done over the years um i've kind of had this this point in this kind of almost venn diagram between me wanting to work with them for various other reasons and also me wanting to work with them to to learn you know and Mm. i've uh i've i've pretty much every single coach i've ever worked with i've i've learned something very 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 valuable from that i could then apply to to my own kind of coaching perspective um so yeah no i totally totally agree with that and that's a perfectly again valid reason to select a certain coach there's one here we, we have an awful lot of responses that kind of overlap and we've definitely touched on a lot of it so i won't just for to, to avoid kind of repetition there's a there's an awful lot of funny ones i have to say um who was i going to call out here adam duan adam duan chose his coach because they weren't odyssey Adam, you wouldn't be welcome anyway, so that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Although I doubt he listens to the Odyssey podcast. He's not He's not smart enough to, to listen here. Mean, meanwhile, his coach is a member of Odyssey. <laughs> oh, and uh, everyone else in Phenom. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Phenom, the only person in Phenom who isn't coached by Odyssey, and I'm joking, obviously joking, uh, Gags. Funny mm. one, but actually a really good, interesting point. Self-coached because I'm cheap stubborn what do you think of people who self-coach oh, fair play to them um <laughs> it's tough it's it's tough out there <laughs> it's a really difficult thing to do because you know in my own experience of of self-coaching it's your you can be your own worst enemy in so many ways you know uh even when you think you're not and i'm speaking for myself entirely here like you know you can you can justify nearly every nearly any programming decision mm. you can come up with some justification so when you're self coached it takes an awful lot of kind of self discipline uh, self awareness resilience to not just be like um actually i've decided to course correct for this reason and this reason is correct <laughs> you know and meanwhile all you're doing is like changing it because you know for some some silly reason you know maybe maybe you just decided on a tuesday that you wanted to change exercise you know maybe it's not the maybe it wasn't the right decision you know maybe it was the right decision too sometimes um and maybe that's a pro for self-coaching that you get this kind of instantaneous you know feedback you you get this instantaneous um decision making it doesn't have to go through kind of any kind of systems or processes it's just like i want to do this now i'm going to do this now you know um but no it's it's very very difficult i uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with anyone who can actually do it consistently and, and have success with it long term and have su- the success with it long term definitely is is the thing you know and i and i admire people who do it and i i've trained with gags for a long time when i was living in cork and he is dedicated towards it and he like the way he talks about it the way he talked about his training 
it sounded like he was being coached by somebody else. Like he was like, I, this is the plan, so I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And then he was like giving out about his plan. He's like, oh, I have to do this today. And I, I wondered for a while, it's like, oh, who are you coached by? And he's like, oh, myself. And so it, it sounded like he had some ideas about what worked for him well in the past. I think he had modeled his block review process off the, the RTES. Is it track? Is that the the system mm-hmm. that they have? Yep. He had modeled it, modeled it off that or was using track actively and was making decisions that was informed by data and a, and a sprinkle of preference, of course. And he was sticking to it and he's making progress. Um, so I, I really, really commend that. I, th- I think that was very, very interesting. I, I can't imagine not having a sounding board, but mm-hmm. of course he's, he's training in Phenom and there's a lot of a lot of really interesting people down there with a lot of interesting ideas and experience with training. So I suppose if you have a good network around you, if you're in a powerlifting gym like that, it's more accessible to be coached by yourself. It's, it's very tricky and I'm going to bring somebody up who's the opposite end of the spectrum because I was trying to think of it. Mark Dowling coaches himself but trains at home. Now, Mark has been coached by an awful lot of people and again, it strikes me as somebody with a tremendous amount of self-awareness and discipline. But it's it's very, very interesting that the framework for making decisions based on training, I'd imagine it it must be quite top-down and, and based off of... I, I wonder, is it based off philosophy? Um, of course, everyone has their own training philosophy, but I wonder... Is it a very traditional approach? I must speak with them on that. But I, I absolutely echo what you're saying. It is very tough. I wouldn't recommend it unless you have been coached by other people in the past. Just I, I feel like your your learning experience is going to be limited by your, your biases, whether you know it or not. There's a certain amount of your biases will be known to you and a certain amount will not. Um, but but I do I do recommend it after yep. a period of time. Maybe it's, it's, it's good to to test the waters a bit and kind of test your own knowledge and and discipline. Potentially a worthwhile experience, yeah, now that you kind of frame it like that. Uh, I, I know for sure I don't have the discipline and that my <laughs> plan would change every week. You'd never hear me like saying like, oh, I, don't, I have to do this now today because it would just have changed before I ever like, allowed I myself to get to whatever, that point. Whatever I like. or you, you, It's justifying it. It's, I think we both would have this issue. It's like, we'll sell it so well to somebody on the outside who's like no 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 this is the way to go now oh in light of this recent evidence oh because of this yeah oh well this do- and we'll do this where it's bollocks like it's just yep. being a baby like yep whereas with a coach i can just just turn that brain side of my brain off and just train and it's awesome and then you know maybe maybe hit a downturn like i kind of outlined at the start of the podcast and you know i give it a few weeks and, I'm, and then after a few weeks i'm like yeah not feeling this and then i say that's my coach and then he sorts it and then i get to just do the brain off do do training lift weights you know and it's it's great and that's exactly what i need an underrated part of having a coach for sure is just to switch the brain off you you just tell me you just tell me what to do and i'll do it and and i certainly at the start now I, i believe i've i remember being very combative at the start of our um at the start of our working together and asking questions and questioning everything and maybe that's why I'm a coach now but um certainly I can understand people either like nope coach says jump I say how high this kind of thing 
that's I, I I rate that I do rate that an awful lot and maybe it's it there's a lot to do with the personality and the the client and it's a lot to do with the trust between the client and the the coach as well you know so that's that is an interesting one because decision fatigue especially with the likes of nutrition coaching Jesus Christ like that's that's a huge 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 can of worms that I won't I won't ever open um but that's why there's something like the likes of of meal plans work is that somebody especially someone that you trust says this is the food to eat. You eat it at this time, Shine. Yep. One point I want to make before, I guess we kind of tie a bow on this and, and try and kind of come up with some closing points, is that it's okay to simply not have had a, you know, a, it's okay to, to not have been a fit with a coach. Totally. That's fine. You know, you don't have to have some horror story to depart a coach. You don't have to, like, see some big fault in their service it can literally just be nah we didn't fit because any any coach worth their salt will be fully 100% aware that they do not cater to all you know there's a big bell curve and you're you're kind of the the people that you're going to be uh, effective with is is somewhere on that bell curve and there exist people outside of your kind of zone of efficacy and and any good coach knows this you know, so so they they're not gonna need you know you to come and be like, look, I'm unhappy with this, this, and this, and then slate them on an, an anonymous Instagram poll <laughs> <laughs> for you to be able to justify leaving to yourself. You know, you can it, it's perfectly okay to have just not been a fit and then move on and try something else. You know, and, and in fact, that's probably a good thing because you start to zero in on who you are as an athlete and those questions that I asked a while ago: What do you want? What do you need? What's important to you? etc you know totally I, I actually have very little to add on top of that i think that's a great way to if you're listening to this with the hopes of of getting a little bit more information on how to pick a coach that's a pretty good start you know and see what's out there pick uh take stock and if it's if it's not a fit that's okay it's nobody's fault 100%. Yeah. Well, maybe sometimes it is and that's fine too, but <laughs> um yeah, so I was going to say maybe we'll just try and kind of give like a a quick summary on on everything we just talked about in the last hour. So, how to choose a coach? Cost and location, two obvious ones that you should consider. Your budget, your time constraints because if you if you can drive 5 minutes to a gym and and see somebody, I think that's that's uh quite valuable you know i think the main things to consider then afterwards would be knowledge experience success if somebody seems to have all of these and and you think they're sound go with it just just do it whatever whatever suits and take stock yourself of what you like what you don't like communicate with your coach whoever you pick because it's a two-way street and continue or don't 100% 100% a couple of things maybe just to add on there just just some more color um yeah communication their communication frequency and or style because uh, there's there's lots of different styles of, of communication one might not be a fit one might be a perfect fit same same goes for frequency you might be an individual who would excel under our programming consultation service whereby you literally have one communication with with one of our coaches every 
you know, it's essentially once per block. So every four to six weeks, most likely, and that might work perfectly for you. Or you might be someone who needs a little bit of communication after every training session, you know, um, their programming style. That's obviously a big thing to consider and factor. Does it fit your kind of philosophy surrounding training? If no, you know, probably look, look, look elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe challenge some of your own preconceptions or biases or notions and try something that that maybe is a little bit different that's kind of what i did in my in selecting my most recent coach and it's gone very very well um their approach to problem solving surrounding training you know how dynamic are they how creative are they you can probably get a pretty good sense from that uh sense of that from from some of their posts from some of their communications uh, maybe maybe through some some feedback from from other people you may know or testimonials um, and how do their kind of goals as a coach align with your own goals as an athlete? That's a big one as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think that I think that, that wraps it up that. very very nicely. Hundred percent, awesome, cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening to episode thirty five of the Odyssey podcast. Must mention, we recently launched a link. Um, if you would like to pick up some new Odyssey strength merch that. Connor worked, worked, <laughs> worked very, worked very hard on procuring for us. All the stuff looks awesome. It's really good quality. It's relatively well priced. Nice, not not too expensive. Essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Um, head to our Instagram. Click the link in the bio. It's the 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 top link on our link tree. That's where you'll find the shop. It will be live for another few days, three it or four days. It is live until the 20th of July. So we've a little bit of time left. You can get Tracksuit Top, which are by far my favorite item. They're very highly regarded over the weekend. Training t-shirts that you can compete in because they're cotton. You get really, really nice tank tops, t- uh, shorts and tracksuit bottoms as well. That link will be up until the 20th of July. And, and. stay tuned for our special edition i'm calling it the autumn drop it is going to launch in the next four weeks time it's going to be special edition drop ahead of kind of end of year competitions we've got three or four comps coming up to 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 round out the year so if you want to cop this special edition drop keep an eye out for that we there'll be more information on that as well so yeah thanks again for listening we'll see you next time all the best